0: Good morning welcome to today's WGO podcast. I'm working through some technical difficulties with this new microphone and one of the things I learned today is you can't have the microphone too close to your face or it will clip and create distortion. In fact, I'm going to slide this up a little bit because I'm watching the sound wave and I think it might be a little low for when I calm down. So let's rise it up just a smidge right in there let's see if we get that to be ideal so um anyway thank you for bearing with the technical difficulties i am new to podcasting i am new to the form factor uh, that i prefer to do podcasting in and that is walking so you do get wind noise you do get bird chirping you get the occasional lawnmower weed tremor um you get my huffing and puffing i'm right now i'm in the uh in the car so it's a little more quiet um I'm just experimenting so I'll ask that you please bear with me early on as I work through technical difficulties in order to create the best podcast possible and do it in in the time slot and the form factor that you know works for maximum productivity there's trade offs right you're not going to sound like all the other podcasters with you know perfect pitch and perfect control of background noise uh you're going to have some distractions there, but the content hopefully you'll find in the message is really what matters anyway. So also, um, I don't have time limits. Some days these will be short, some days these will be long. Uh, this particular one, I'm trying to keep it a little bit compressed because I lost an entire episode this morning due to technical difficulties. I literally got in the truck after walking and finishing a 32 minute or so long podcast and realized that when I listened to it, it was just clipping non-stop clipping when those who don't know that you just get pop you know it's like it's like your, your 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 input levels are too high your gain levels are too high i think is the right word gain level and it just distorts the sound and it sounds like clicking and popping and crackling so hopefully that, that is addressed now um yeah so good morning uh, what i want to talk about today is uh, one of the books that i'm listening to now we will do uh, a lot of book discussions uh, from time to time And the one, uh, again, that I've been reading is uh, Capitalism in America. And it is very important because most of you do not read. Most people just don't read. Um, They don't take the time to read economic histories, but yet they'll vote. They don't take time to understand what's been done politically before, but yet they'll vote and the demand for changes, completely oblivious to what humanity's done in the past. So you, you, capitalism in America is an important, it is, it is an, another important American economic history book. And if you understand American history, American economic history, then by extension you understand world economic history in, in large measure. Because a lot of the things that have happened in the American story were an extension of a larger we're a piece of a larger story of humanity that is now coming full circle to where you know most nations of the world are kind of in the in the same economic game that America was. This relentless industrialization and information age and, and now moving into AI and robotics and, and uh, you know biotech and genetic engineering and everybody everybody feeds from the same trough in the agricultural businesses, everybody's using the same Seed technology, fertilization technologies, you know, uh, everybody's using the same harvesting equipment methods and storage and et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on and on. There's a convergence where the the world-class ways to do things are shared amongst everyone. And everything we do is economics. You know, I aim to continuously make the case for that, that human existence is economic. And I don't know with our consciousness, you know, our ability to think, our ability to conceptualize, if there is any alternative, really, because I I don't know what else you would do if it wasn't economic. Now, economics as defined by me, not defined by something you can pull off your shelf or or Google, okay? I'm describing economics here and defining economics here as uh, all activities... In the production, distribution, consumption of goods and services, and that could be the food you eat, the water you drink. You know, the water when you took a shower this morning came through pipes. Those pipes had to be laid. They had to. They had to be paid for. They had to be a funding mechanism, an incentive to do it, a reason why. That's all economic activity. And it's easy to slough it off as it's not meaningful or to go down rabbit holes of other things and, 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 and rage against but be completely ignorant of, a, of uh, economics which underpins it all. So in capitalism in America, the reason I bring it up is it is a fascinating very swiftly written in other words you don't get bogged down in a lot of detail but it's very clear that there's been lo- there have been lots of cycles in American history that repeat. And we're at the Excuse me. We're at the edge of one now. One could argue that we are being mired in bureaucracy and big government, uh, and it's not necessarily just government, it's, it's in corporations, it's culture, it's our educational institutions, mired in this thick mud of bureaucracy where we just can't get things done, and entrepreneurial questions and entrepreneurial zeal gets smothered. The best ideas don't win. And we become complacent and and very passive. And the dangerous part is that we can combine this passivity with with our egos thinking that we actually know what the fuck we're talking about when we don't. Because most of y'all are too lazy to read. I'm going to keep hammering that because I know it's true. Most folks don't read or listen to books. Certainly not economic history books. And I'm going to share with you what I'm reading because I do. I want you to read too. Not that I think you need to be like me. It's, I think you as a human, especially an aggressive motherfucking voting human who's ready to burn an entire village down because you think somebody was racist or you think somebody was uh, white male dominant or you think somebody was fucking whatever, Uh, you know, (laughs) fill in the blank. You're ready to tear it all down, aren't you? But you don't even know what the, you know nothing about what you're tearing down. You have no respect for what came before you. None. You're simply fed a brainwashed narrative by Lord only knows what vested interest group, foreign or domestic. You're fed a line of shit and you eat it right up because it fits what you think is true. Everything needs to be torn down because it's racist. Everything needs to be torn down because it's Eurocentric. Everything needs to be torn down because it's capitalistic. Everything needs to be torn down because it's bad for the environment. Everything needs to be burned down because blank, blank, fucking blank. Well, shut up, you fucking idiot. You don't know anything. Fuck, I've read 10 plus economic history books in this year alone, probably, and I don't know. So how the fuck do you know? What, because you saw Trevor Noah told you? What's his nuts? I don't even know if these people on the air, Colbert told you? So you know now? You saw it on Fox News last night, so you know something? You don't know fuck, because you're too lazy to read. It's easier for you to plop your fucking fat ass down, fucking eat, overeat, overindulge, and just rage against a machine that doesn't even exist. You're too lazy to to, to read or think for yourself. You're too lazy to open your fucking eyes. Look at this COVID shit going on. I don't care what you aggressive fucking idiots think. Over 50% of this COVID is clouded with hidden agendas and other things other than a virus. It becomes all this other noise and distortion to the point where you can't even think clearly. And that happens everywhere when people are dumb. They're easily led astray. And there's no shortage of disinformation and people looking to grind an axe and most importantly, people to gain economic power. It's what it's always about. And you ain't going to fool me, motherfucker. And you shouldn't be fooled either. Because guess what? You ain't invited to the fucking party either. You're not going to get everything you think you're going to get. What? You get free education? Free college? I say you don't even need college anymore. You don't need to... to go through the pain and suffering of an engineering degree to do most engineering work as it's laid out. What, do you really think you're going to design the new microchip? You're not. And if you are in the game of designing a microchip, there's a very good chance you just fucking did that shit on your own. You pulled that out of your ass. You willed something into existence that didn't exist before because you were wired to ask the right questions and then willing to step up to the fucking plate and hit the ball. I myself suffer from falling short on this stuff. But you're arguing with Bernie Sanders for free education. And I'm saying, we don't need that gauntlet and that constraint and that set of gatekeepers anymore. I don't want to live in a world with more gatekeepers, and you shouldn't either. Because guess what? You ain't going to get through the gate, buddy. They already got more manpower on every industry you can think of. There's more manpower and more talent and more capability than is needed because we've reached uh, arguably an economic stagnation point. That's why nothing really much has changed since my lifetime in the early 70s. Since, Since 1971, the year I was born, there haven't, there ha- a lot in a lot of ways. Not much has changed. You travel by air, same way. But you're too ignorant to to think about the fact that that didn't exist at all. A hundred years ago, or 100, well, it came on. It started becoming a thing in 1920. So 100 years ago, it started to become an industry. Before that, it was way too fucking dangerous, man. Only stunt people, and maybe some military applications in World War One. But aviation wasn't a thing. But see, since I was born 70, it's been pretty much Boeing. Even McDonnell Douglas is out of the game. Boeing's kind of the main thing in Airbus in Europe. But the planes haven't changed a whole lot. They're fundamentally the same machine. They just get a little better fuel economy, maybe a little more reliability, a little less weight. They pack a little different shit in a little different way. Pack more you in there, by the way. Charge you more for it, by the way. Fundamentally the same car basically the same it's better but here the plateau shifted i would say to 10 years ago you know anti-lock brakes and airbag and you know sound insulation stuff and all cars started to last one hundred fifty thousand miles easily that that shifted you know 10 20 years ago it hasn't changed a whole lot really you just think it has because you you get wild and who doesn't like a new car but it hasn't really changed that much. So you're not really needed. When they make these things, they make more of them than ever with a flat number or less people. So the same or less every year. And if another country, another area of the world wants to start car production, they start right at the Toyota Corolla level. Because you can put together the same factory, the same process, the same... Welding robots, the same this, the same that, and day one you're you're rolling out Coro- Toyota Corolla level quality. Day one, so everybody knows how to do everything, and the number, the amount of man uh, manpower. And don't, don't 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 start with the women power. And I got I know that means everybody power, human power. There you go, fucker. you stuck on all those nonsense all the time. Absolute fucking nonsense. The amount of human labor, human input, human power, I would say is, is a flat curve, a very flat curve. It's not a, it's, we're going to be easier to do more and more and more productivity-wise with less and less people. It's, just a, it's a mega trend. So have respect for what, for what came before you, and stop getting led down all these paths of bullshit. Read some economic histories. Read Capitalism in America. I recommend it. If you don't know anything about the history of the country, it's not a boring 15-part miniseries. It's an audiobook. You can finish it on your way to and from work in your fucking car or at a job where you're allowed to have headphones and can listen. You can finish it in less than a week. It's probably an all-in 20-hour investment of your time. And it's one of many good primers, good primers, good starting points to have a little perspective before you start yelling to uh, use the guillotine on fucking Donald Trump and usher in this these socialist movement of nonsense, these false things I'm supposed to choose a side for. I reject both those sides. And you should too. You should help me. Help me create a new humanity-driven, like, what we want, our economic movement. And I know for some of you, you think that that needs to be a revolution or bloodshed or violence. Hell, increasingly, it's starting to seem like a lot of you guys are growing fucking fangs and you can't wait to do some killing something crazy you guys are craving violence right you're fucking idiots I think you should chill out I think you should turn off your MSNBC or your fucking Fox bullshit your fucking whatever the shit you're watching your Trevor Noah and watch a, watch a war film tonight go watch Hacksaw Ridge yeah watch that one Oh, you not going to watch it because Mel Gibson did it? He's an anti-Semite or some shit like that? Fuck off. Fuck off. Ridiculous. Are oh, you going to call me an anti-Semite because I said that? Go fuck off too. Sick of you, getting, you guys distracting everything with your nonsense. your bullshit. You know who you are. You're over 50% of the population now. You're always getting hung up on something. Everybody's getting offended, left or right. You, you're offended. Because I, you, I use fuck? You're going to turn it off? Fuck you. Grow some fucking, fucking something. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I, guess I was going to say grow some balls, but you don't want women growing balls. That would be weird. Not that's it. you're a trans and gender offender. No. I'm trying to point out that no one can talk about anything serious. Because you've all been brainwashed that you have to pitch a fit about everything every five seconds, you have to fucking flip out about every fucking thing anybody. You're listening to catch somebody saying something that gets your tripwire, and you're not listening to anything anybody's saying. And you're dumb. You've never read a book in your life. What do you, you think because you read a James Patterson novel or some shit or a fucking Stephen King book that that means you're you're well read? You're not well read you don't know your economic history, but you're demanding a violent overthrow of the government that was that was elected fairly, by the way. It doesn't matter if you like him or not. He, it's how the game works, fuckface. And the alternative is mayhem and chaos. And let me get back to that violence thing, too, by the way. Watch that fucking Mel Gibson movie, Hacksaw Ridge. Watch that motherfucker. And play close, pay close attention to when the soldiers get to Okinawa so you, can, so you can maybe remind your dumbass fucking violent craving self, your mayhem craving self, exactly what a machine gun really is. Not, not some bullshit picture on Facebook. It's a fucking machine that will blow you to pieces. Blow chunks of your fucking face off, man. Not a little hole. I'm talking about blow your fucking arm off. And you think you're going to have that and you're going to win? You're going to wield that sword over people? You should think again, fucker. Everybody's got that. And you never know if your side is being manipulated to engage the other side so that you can do their bidding and their dirty work and then they turn around and fucking take your shit. And we're entering into a phase, as I've said before, where they might not even need to use machine guns. They can just stealthily coronavirus your ass. You wouldn't know what hit you. You should stop craving violent overflows, overthrows people. You should stop hoping that that day will come when there will be a revolution. Maybe you should get your fucking head out of your ass, read a couple of books, dick munch, and, and, and maybe, oh, maybe you'll have some courage to think about what could be. What do we actually want here? Is my sole mission in life to get rid of Donald Trump, is that really your mission? That's what you're offering humanity, is that? I'm offering a quantification of our economic needs in the form of the American middle class lifestyle for all and what that would take in terms of resources and organization and management and production and distribution and technique to get that base level for everybody. And I want to do that at price points that are supported with the $10 an hour lifestyle. I want to start at that point. And then I want to work the math out and understand the math to understand that if you inject deflationary technologies and deflationary uh, algorithms, if you will, into the system, into the economic system, if you inject deflationary forces, What effect does that have on existing assets and how can we mitigate that? And maybe the way we mitigate it is we clean it up. Like for example, in the economic history book that you're too fucking lazy to read, it was mentioned that the US Civil War could perhaps have been avoided. And all of its carnage, another story that you think you know and you don't. More Americans died. In the Civil War than all of the other wars we've engaged in combined, including World War One, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, the American Revolution, the War of 1812, to name a few. And half you fuckers have heard those names, you don't have a clue what any of those things are because you're too fucking egotistical, not to mention lazy, to read. Or you got a little taste of it somewhere because you went to school and you think you know, but you don't know shit. If you're not committed to keep going and sharpening the saw, then you don't know shit. So the point is, I would like the audience to seek out and read economic history books like Capitalism in America. And the reason I would like for you to do that is so that you can have a little more respect for and a little more appreciation for the status quo, the way things are today. You don't have to ignore the flaws of it. You don't have to give a pass to the nasty realities of history. Sure, you could distort it and say, America is just a land stolen from Indians and then slave labor built all of the wealth you see today. That's the story. And I'm sticking to it. And you know what? There's people that will fund the flashiest movies, the most slick-looking fucking videos, layer upon layer of media propaganda to perpetuate a story just like that. that. That is... That's what's in the hearts of about half you motherfuckers. I know it. But you know what? That's not true. That's not what happened. First of all, what happened to North America and the Western Hemisphere could have easily been Chinese. It's just a fluke in the way they were set up at the time that they weren't out exploring like that. They had the technology. They could have easily sailed, and did in some cases sail, to the Western Hemisphere. So it's just kind of a fluke that the Europeans, and Spanish, Portuguese, British, French... Bel- uh, the Belgian, when the Congo confuses me a little bit about the timeline. More to come on that. Pretty heinous, crazy stories, right? But it could have been anybody. So you can't get caught up in. Uh, wait, what are you pitching? Are we all just fucking leave and just whoever looks like an Indian, give it back to them. <laughs> they didn't have it to begin with either, man. It was like a common lands held in common. Warring tribes. It will fucking cut your fucking lips off. It wasn't... There was never anything that you think it was. Because you're, you're dumb. You're fucking stupid. It was never a golden age of sitting around with butterflies in your hair... Fucking weaving your own clothes. That ain't what happened, man. We came out of the trees... As a species. And we got to work doing what we do now. Didn't take long. The whole thing on a cosmic scale happened yesterday. We went from coming out of the trees... So to speak, to this at a snap of a finger. And now you want to throw it all away and tear it all down. But you're not gonna do anything except the bidding of the guy who's actually gonna get receipt of whatever smoldering ruins are left. That's right, you're not gonna get anything, you dumbass. What do you you got a little job, you get a little bump in your fucking pay? <laughs> you can just like you gorge yourself a little more, you fat fuck. Oh, there goes the fat people. They're going to say shit too. Well, I'm fat too, motherfucker. I do it. I eat Doritos sometimes, hot dogs and shit. I eat that shit pizza, drink beer. I'm talking about these people that just want to advocate for more of the bureaucracy so they can go from $150,000 a year to $180,000 a year with two extra weeks of vacation a year and a shorter work day. Fuck fuck humanity. They'll never tell you that. But that's basically what they're saying when they do that. Because you can never make enough of those for everybody. And nobody... Look, man, you don't want to sit in there either, motherfucker. Sit in that fucking class or that seminar or whatever the fuck it is. No. If you're being honest, you want to cut the bullshit too. You don't need half his shit. I'm not saying throw it away, man. We already built it. It's fun to walk around the school campuses in the morning. You know... I will still call my doctor when I'm sick, even though I think that that's fucking bloated and bullshit, half filled with bullshit, too. Can't even point out the obvious because they said, oh, oh, that's not what it is. They hit you with that. Or, or even more, they become aggressive and they say, well, research shows. Yeah. Research a pharmaceutical company funded that you don't even know that's how it came to be? We well, see, that's the point. Everybody's willing to throw some stat or something out to fit their narrative. Instead of like being diligent about and, pers- and, and, and persistent knowing that it fades and in, in trying to seek the truth and trying to understand things and, and, and seeing things for your own self. It's important to know stories like capitalism in America before you go vote. Because as much as you people hate Donald Trump, you might actually need him as a bulkhead against something worse. And I, I and, and that sucks. That's really depressing. That that's our leadership choices. Joe Biden and Donald fucking Trump? Really? Your your life got a lot better the last time Joe Biden was in the party? It's better than it is now. At least we didn't have racial tension. Yeah, you did. You had the same thing under the hood. And the same economic shit going on. Only difference is, even though he doesn't read either, because that was very clear to me when I read the Donald Trump books last summer, he's not a fucking big reader. He's more of a Fox News or news watcher, CNN watcher. He watches cable news a lot, they say. And he tweets, obviously. I don't read it. You guys tell me about it. And that uses his gut. Which isn't a bad thing, that part. I got no problem with that. I think that's what's required of leadership. It's not a, a committee. A great band is usually not a committee. It's a fucking leader. And a leader is a mysterious force of nature. It's not a Politburo, you fuckface. Those aren't good, usually. You surround yourself, and you ask for that to consider, to marinate on your choices, but at the end of the day, leadership is a little more in the gut spectrum. And I know some of y'all don't like that. Because you want to impose your rigid structure on things. So again, read. Listen to books shut the fuck up you think i talk all day no i like to listen a lot i do i love to learn you for the most part do not you don't how do i know this because i've been blessed enough to have lived in and traversed multiple socioeconomic circles and multiple industries and lived in a lot of different places. I don't represent every nook and cranny of possibility in humanity, but you know, that's not really realistic. And I'm skewed to east of the Mississippi, so it's mostly the East Coast USA experience. So that I suppose is a distortion, but up and down, you know, from Atlanta to Baltimore, back to Atlanta, to Vermont, to Illinois, to Florida, North Florida and South Florida, the contrast, seeing it, being old enough and having my brain mature enough to actually start noticing what some things meant, being fortunate enough to meet people who take me to places and talk to me and tell me things that, oh, I I hadn't considered that. I hadn't ever looked at it that way. That stuff matters, man. That's why I think I'm able to call you out on how lazy and dumb you are. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm dumb too. Are you kidding me? I've tried not to be dumb for, for 20 plus years now. I've very, very much tried to know what the fuck I'm talking about. And I just don't think you ever get there. I don't know that half this stuff's knowable. I mean, for one, the field of interest for me, because it seems to affect humanity the most, is economics. It's constantly shifting. What's true today is not true tomorrow. You can't see what's coming on all these fronts. But I can see that most people seem like they've got a chip on their shoulder and I think aggressive political behavior has created backlashes on all kinds of levels and I think this is all being majorly amplified by hidden vested interests both foreign and domestic. Half of what you people were so angry about came from a source that would shock you if you knew the truth. And I'm about to get into that on the right-wing side of things, by the way. Because I used to feed from the trough of talk radio. It started when I was in my early 20s. And I had a job where I was walking around a lot. And I would listen to what must have been a small AM, FM, cassette player Walkman. Because they didn't have phones back then. And it was... Uh, there was WSB in Atlanta, and there was another one. WGST. And there was a guy, my uncle turned me on to it actually, who was not a redneck guy. He was a guy who actually was OCD like a motherfucker on how he looked. Like things were like all everything went to the dry cleaner, it was pressed, so he was kind of very OCD with his image. But he liked Neil Boards. He thought it was funny. And you know, he would say pretty racist shit sometimes, uh, my uncle. And I don't know where that came from. I don't I think his roots were he was originally from Tennessee and he was in, in Georgia. This is my uh, my aunt's my, my mother's sister's husband. So it's not you know, he's not blood relative, but you know, he's my uncle. And you know, he would say some racist shit sometimes, but he'd kinda of be chuckling and to him it was kinda of funny. And I never was, you know. I, I've never had racism in my heart at all. So, you know, I kind of, you know, sloughed that off a little bit and didn't make much about it. It was, it was in the era of America before everybody made a big fucking deal about everything all the time, you know. Anyway, he turned me on to this guy Neil Bortz, who also was accused, as I as I've learned over time, of being a little a little racist. He went all—I know, for example, he was getting called out because he gave this uh, Reverend Hosea Williams, I think, was his name. He was a black pastor in Atlanta, and he had gotten, I think he was a civil rights person from the Martin Luther King era, but I, I have to double check that. I want to say that stuck in my memory somewhere. So he may have been hanging around with Andrew Young and others that were part of the movement back then in the civil rights era. Don't know. But the Reverend Hosea Williams in the early 90s had gotten in trouble drinking and driving or something like that. They busted him drinking and driving. If memory Again, if memory serves me right, you guys can call me out on this and correct me. Please do. By by the way, please give me feedback. If you can't support it or you won't support it financially, which I desperately need, I need you guys to support it so I don't have to trade all my time for money. So support it. Patreon, buy my books, please. And anything you can do to support the site, please do it. But um, anyway, if you don't support it, please give me the feedback loop at least. Make a comment. WGOtoday.com's Facebook page. I think that those comments work for sure. But wherever, if you give me feedback and correct my errors, we can keep this moving. That's the spirit of this. But I, anyway, Jose Williams, I believe, drunk driving. And to Neil Bortz and to my uncle at the time, that was, a, you know, a big deal. I got him. Got him on something. So Neil had a reputation, I guess, for being a little racially tinged as well and he was a lawyer by trade was Neil's training um, but long story short he, he did a very entertaining show he had a gift for Gab he had a, a nuance in his voice in a way of presenting stuff that was interesting I didn't think about it in terms of right or left at the time I just thought it was entertaining and it was on the air, it was free I'd have to put up with all the commercials, but it was on the air. And it was in a time slot that was good, too, by the way. That's that's all important stuff. It was at that 10 a.m. to noon time slot, something like that. Perfect time. And listen to stuff like that. So I listened to Neil Wartz. And then after him, this guy named Rush Limbaugh would come on. And that was during the Clinton... 90s. This was been like 92 is when this started. 1992 for me, the talk radio. And I listened to Limbaugh, and I could get down with seeing the world from his perspective on some days. He never was my favorite. I actually didn't like Neil uh, Rush's show as much as Neil's. But you know, I I'd put up with it. it he, but he went on and on and on about you know day 17. America Held Hostage. And he was so aggressive about Clinton and Clinton and Clinton. He just went on and on and on. And then there'd be other local. Kim Peterson was one, I believe, Well, afternoon. And I'd listen to the talk radio all day. I just found it to be interesting. Better than the radio. The radio bored me. Music bored me at the time. If I wanted music, I did what i do today. I'd go to a club. And I was go to whatever then. I was ignorant of how to get into the good clubs, you know, in terms of sniffing out the better stuff. So I just randomly would go wherever they had rock and roll. So, you know, I'd go to a place. There was a place up in Marietta at the time. that was in a shopping center. Fucking rock and roll. it would be 100, fucking 200 people packed in there on a weekend. Like 15 on a weeknight. And people would be rocking out. I remember there was another club way up in Kennesaw. Check it out. You know, there was a guy who kind of looked and played and was imitating Eddie Van Halen a little bit. They'd play. And eventually when I moved into the city in Midtown, off 10th Street and Snyder Street in Atlanta, I discovered, my roommate I think took me there, Masquerade, which had a top level, he was the the dancing down in the basement, and then there was a purgatory kind of where it just seemed like people were trying to out-weird themselves and get just, I don't know what the fuck that is all about. But I'd go upstairs, and it was rock and roll, man. It was... uh, I liked it. I saw a couple bands up there. But musically, I didn't listen to music all day. I was listening to talk radio already in my early 20s and the early 90s. So, but what these books that I'm getting to after I get done with this Alan Greenspan Capitalism in America book, there's three books that came to my attention last week that get into the hidden vested interest that were possibly under the hood of all that talk radio I was listening to. They created the Michael Savages of the world. I didn't listen to Savage back then. That happened much later in the uh, uh, 2008 to 2010 time frame in South Florida, of all places. I liked it. It was, I don't know, I found Savage to be funny a little bit. I haven't listened to him since. I haven't listened to him in probably 10 years. But there was a, like a two-year phase where he came on at night, and it was great. You know, it was just, I don't know, there's something about it that I liked. But he's—it he was insane. He was just completely insane. But he's just, you know, railing against uh, leftist expansionism, and there's something about that that resonated with me at the time. Even though I'm a leftist in so many ways, you know, I really am. I'm, I'm so le- left and liberal in so many ways, uh, you know, that I'm too, I'm too, I'm too much of a liberal for liberals, man. Believe me, you guys are too easily offended. Y'all are a bunch of pussies. But I'm also very respectful of the past, and despite its flaws, it served up a life for us in this modern era on a silver fucking platter. You ain't ever starved, you motherfucking piece of shit. You non-respectful, hateful pile of fucking ignorant dog shit. You have no respect for what people did before. You have no respect for the entrepreneurs that created the world you live in so cushy. All that heat keeps you warm in the winter. That electricity you're using right now, motherfucker. That computer, that fancy-ass world of information in your pocket that you may may be tuning tuning into my program on. You motherfuckers. You don't know shit and you're disrespectful and you're trying to tear it all down. And that's why the conservative part of Jerry has a big fucking problem with you. Because I want to change it, man. That's what the whole point of this podcast is. is what's going on, podcast. W-G-O today. Let's make it better for humanity. Because we can, and we should, and we must. But I can't get down with you house burners. you, You twisted racist simpletons. That boil everything that we should be thankful for and should see as a blessing. And you guys label it all as a oh it's just a you know it's it's just all racist. No, it's not. Or it's all the rich people, the one percenters. Hey man, there's a there's a real math problem there. I, I get it. But I read capital from Thomas Piketty. You did not. So I'm willing what I'm saying with that is not I'm better than you. It's not I'm entitled to an opinion more than you. No. It just means that I understand that there are there is a mathematical phenomena going on with wealth inequality. It's something that needs some adjustment. But you don't get to say burn it all down unless you're willing to go fucking listen to the book and marinate on it and the other economics. Okay, So I'm going to go pick up my kids I'm going to cut this one a little bit short. I'm reading Capitalism in America. You should too. You need to have economic histories so that you understand all that's come before you before you get so willing to pull your pitchfork up and tear it all down or grab a machine gun or a machete or whatever the fuck you're using now to be a pain in the ass. Quit whining about liberals or conservatives or whites and blacks or Mexicans or Latinos or fucking Asians. Quit whining on all that women's rights and LBGT and this and that. Quit quit complaining about Fox News or MSCBC or Rachel Maddow or whatever. Shut the fuck up. Learn some history so you have a perspective and get busy. Start by supporting this podcast, please. And reading economics, buying a copy of uh, Humanomics and reading the motherfucker so that we can start to flesh out and figure out and do the work to make economic life better for all of humanity. Because that's what it all is. The rest of it's all bullshit designed to tear people apart and to distract people and to pull them off point eye on the ball. Follow the money. It's economics, man. It's what you want. You want economic freedom, total economic freedom, not not some frugality bullshit version. I'm talking 2020 version of economic freedom. And I'm going to quantify it for us and I'm going to flesh out the choke points, the, the, the real hurdles, and see if we can figure out a punch through them so that we can start punching holes in some of the core economic assumptions and start freeing up humanity to actually uh, do real work and have real bandwidth instead of just this petty nonsense that we're all distracted with all the time. So get your head out of your ass. Please support me. Please support this. It's not me. I... This is not being done so that I can make money. I need your support so I can do this to keep the bandwidth and the focus and the maximum time on this. I can't do this. Ideally, I can't do it when I'm giving 75% of my energy and time to a job. So I need support to offset that factor. So just do it. Support it. You get Patreon. Buy copies of the books. Those are the only two things I have for starters. Those are the products I'm selling. If you can't do that, or won't do that, then at least give me some feedback loops. You can go anonymous. You can come in as dipshit one. Spit up a fucking avatar with a dipshit one. And hit me. Hit me with it. Hit me with the questions. Point out where I got something wrong not going to destroy my credibility. My credibility will eventually crystallize because of my absolute commitment to figuring shit out for us. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to, I'm I'm very much trying to get some of them. So, thank you. Love you. Have a great day. Read some books. Capitalism in America by Alan Greenspan and Adrian Waldridge, I think is the name. I'll get the name right. I just had to read it and look at the name. And then uh, after that, we're going to do the right-wing contamination books to how the talk radio may influenced by nefarious actors. And then after that, going back to Joseph Schumpeter, capitalism books from the late 40s, talking about the, the uh, danger of bureaucracy. All right, y'all. Have a good day.